have you ever wanted to guest on a podcast like this one that you're listening to right now? Well, you can. You can definitely do this by visiting a website called Podmatch, where you can sign up and be available for all different types of podcasts that you can guest on. Or you can even search for a podcast and say, I want to I want to guest on your podcast. I think we'd be a good match. So if you want to do this, you can go to our unique link, which is joinpodmatch.com forward slash reality. And you can sign up and do exactly that. And you can find us and you can guest on our podcast. So again, that unique link is www.joinpodmatch.com. That's J-O-I-N-P-O-D-M-A-T-C-H.com forward slash reality, R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A. And you can be a guest on our podcast. Welcome to Reality Tea Times 2, the podcast where we discuss all the trash reality TV we love to hate. I'm Tanika, and today we're going to be discussing The Last Resort. I apologize for being a little late this week. Work has been hectic, we'll say that. Life has been hectic, we'll say that as well. So yeah, this one's a little late, unfortunately, I apologize. Um, But hopefully we can keep to our schedule. Um, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get the UK out to you Tuesday like I have been doing, but I will try my very best to get that to you as soon as possible. Um, But anyway... We don't have a lot really to to discuss at the top of the episode. Um, Don't have any hot goss right now. I did a lot of that in the other play episode, actually. So um, nothing for this for this episode. Memes. I actually posted the memes sooner than I meant to because I forgot what I podcasted on, but they're already up there. There's only two of them. Um, so we're not going to discuss them here. They are up already, um, at the time of this recording, actually prior to this recording. So they're already up there. So you can partake in that. Yeah, really just nothing else to discuss. The announcement though, that's want to reiterate, I did talk about this on the other way podcast, but I am going to briefly discuss Below Deck Mad episodes when they start up. That starts on Monday, so we will do that. It will come when it can come. My focus is going to be on the shows we already do cover, that we have covered, so I'm going to be focusing on those things, but once I'm able to watch the episode, take that in, we will do quick bonus episodes just talking about the different things that have happened. 
um, in the episode that will be discussed. That's the formatting I'm going to do with Below Deck. Um, Med, again, as mentioned, I don't know what will happen in terms of the other iterations because we have the OG Below Deck coming on up after. I'm assuming after that we'll get Australia again. So I don't know exactly what um, will happen with those, but um, it might be a case-by-case basis with the OG Below Deck because Lee is gone. We have the captain from Adventure taking over. We'll see. I'll see how I feel. Um, I probably would cover um, Down Under in a future season as long as I have Captain Jason and as long as I have Asia. <laughs> as long as I have them, I'm happy. So we'll see what happens um, with that future. But um, it was a great season. I, I very much enjoyed Down Under. So prepared for Med. And that's what we'll do with that. Um, also, there's other quick announcements, things coming up. Love is Blind has started on Friday. So I will hopefully get those to you as soon as I can. Um, I'm assuming the f- how they release episodes is similar to past seasons. Um, so I'll try to get them to you as quickly as I can. Probably lump them in one episode, hopefully, or maybe two if they've only released four or five episodes. We'll see. Um, so yeah, I'll try to get those to you prior to next Friday fingers crossed. Um, and we'll see what we can do with that. And we also have Golden Bachelor and BIP coming on September 28th. That's on a Thursday. Golden Bachelor should be fairly easy to cover. It's only going to be an hour. BIP, on the other hand, <laughs> they're sticking to their two-hour formats. Oh boy. Um, Thursdays are going to be very interesting <laughs> for me, but yeah, that's what we're going to do. And, uh, we'll get this to you as quickly as possible as well, but those might end up being weekend podcasts into next week podcasts. We'll see how it goes, but, um, yeah, I think that's it for the announcements on, on that. Um, Sister Wives conversation will be at the end of Last Resort. It's a lot longer <laughs> this time around. Um, but of course, I'll have my, tam- my timestamps in there so that you can avoid it if you want to. Definitely listen to the end, the outro this week. There's some slight changes um, with the names of our social media accounts. We have a new website as well. So all of that information will be the end of the outro. So I would definitely just take a quick listen to, to that so that you can, um, get all the new information. And now we're going to start talking last resort, but before we get into the actual episode, it was a little difficult to avoid Ed and Liz and Angela and Michael this week. I'm limiting it as much as possible, however, but I'm probably going to have to be doing some timestamps to um, let you know when we're talking about, in particular, Ed and Angela. When it comes to the scene 
with a lingerie. I'm not timestamping that. I think, you know, Liz is on her own. I'm not timestamping it at all. So only when we see Ed and Angela, um, I will be timestamping those situations. Um, it's just a little harder to avoid them this week. Um, so yeah, let's jump into it. The reason that we are here. The Last Resort Season 1, Episode 6. Last Licks. Ew. <laughs> now I know why they titled it that. Oh, it just hit me. Okay. Anyway, let's get into it. So we see that the ladies are going to be hanging out. Um, Liz is nervous about seeing Angela because she hasn't seen her since the infamous fight. And then we see Angela coming in with drinks for basically only herself, Kalani, and Molly. She says that she didn't know that Yara and Liz were going to be there. Okay. I also don't know how she would have brought drinks for everybody personally. I'm just saying. Don't know how she would have. But anyway. Kalani says, I want a fun night. So let's work this out between the two of you. You're talking to Angela and Liz. Liz does end up saying, though, that she's like, listen, the altercation really helped us realize that I don't have his back. So, yeah, you you were a part of that. And But Angela does apologize. She says, I realize I can get a little crazy, basically. And um, they hug it out, and they have made up. They're fine now. Molly then says that she packed lingerie from her store so that everyone will be able to try some stuff on and have fun with it. I'm, we'll get to it. Some of the stuff looked incredible, I would wear. Um, so we're with the guys. We're going to be doing this back and forth until we get to the, um, the, um, the therapy session later on. So, the so the guys Jovi says I know two strippers in Key West who used to be in Enola. The fuck? <laughs> he just has them on speed dial at all. Like what the fuck? He then says that one of them he actually had some sort of sexual relationship with, and um, they ended up going to Jamaica. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> boundaries, sir. Boundaries. I, he has none. So he says, basically, I will find out when she is working so we can go when she's working. Why her? Why her? That's, that, that's a boundary, again, that you're just crossing. Jolie then says, you know what? We should really include Ed. Um, in this, but he does need to apologize. So they say that. So because, you know, they're going to find out when this girl is working, include Ed in this, there's not going to be any stripper tonight. 
Australia looks a little upset, not upset, but just oblivious to the fact that they're not going today because <laughs> they want to go see the strippers tonight. Anyway, we do see while in the car that Jovi is texting the stripper. Okay, so I want to say this. <laughs> if I knew my man... And he's not a Jovi. He's not a Jovi in the sense of the stripper aspect of things. Um, but if my man was like that and had an issue, like this, this fascination and this addiction really to a strip club, and then I find out you have a stripper on speed dial and oh, let's, let's make it worse. This is a person you actually had a sexual relationship before Yara. You know what I mean? Like, if that was my life, I would be so pissed. I would be pissed. And I'm not one to go through a man's phone. I don't believe in that at all. I believe both of us deserve to have privacy. And that is where trust is grown. That's where I believe. But you best believe if I knew something like that, I would be going through your phone for the mere reason of deleting strippers out of your phone. Thank you. Thank you very much. Let's move on. We're back with the women, and we see Yara's whipping Kalani. There's like a whip there, and Angela is. Oh, sorry. Yara was whipping Kalani and Angela. So Liz is the first one who's going to be trying on some lingerie. And then we start talking about the the Fat Cat Club and the Razor Blade Club. This is thanks to Angela. And of course, Angela describes it, so we will describe it here as well. I didn't know there were actual names for these things and clubs for these things, but apparently. Um, so the Fat Club, Fat Cat Club is basically a woman who has a fat Gucci. Um, yeah. And then the Razor Blade Club are those women who don't have a fat cat and are more of like a, you know, just a slit, I guess. Um, Angela says she's a part of the Fat Cat Club. That's great. Congratulations. Now, I, I do know from, anyway, the men I've been with prefer the Fat Cat Club. Um, that's all I shall say. Move on. Um, Yara says, I will look like a whore. Wow. Angela says to her, yeah, but you look like one with your husband. He's your husband. Like, that's who you should look like a quote-unquote whore for. And I know exactly what she's trying to say here. That's that's how I feel as well. Like, I can be whorish and sluttish with my man because he's not going to judge me. I'm comfortable with him. Um, and I can be that way with him. So then in Locks Liz, and my God, she looked incredible. 
And I loved the lingerie she was wearing. I would wear it. She looked absolutely great. Um, apparently, Angela says that she turned lesbian because she's turned on by, by Liz. I mean, she looked great, honestly. And then now Kalani, she's next. Yara here says that she wants to go last because of her insecurities. Molly sits down and she says, I need to understand this. Tell me, like, what's going on, like, in your head. So Yara here talks about the fact that her feelings about this, it's very cultural. She says that her parents would say that she just had to be perfect. Her mom would talk to her about the fact like her nose was too big or she was too chunky. And she would talk about the fact that um, even if she weighed two pounds more than her normal weight, she would feel chunky. And the nose thing kind of explains like who we see today as Yara. If you look at pictures of Yara before, like long before, they don't look like the same person. Yara is gorgeous and either way, but they don't look like the same person. And now I know why. Fuck her parents. I don't know her father. <laughs> and I can't remember the, the situation with her father. I think her father left. I can't remember. But fuck her mom. Because here's the thing. I felt in my bones with her mother when we met her in Prague that she wasn't a great mother. Really and truly. I think she loves Yara and I think she loves um, her little family. And I know Yara probably loves her mother, but her mother is toxic. That's how I felt. And this was before I found out all of this shit. Like, when you're saying things like that to your child and an impressionable point in their lives, when they care about how they look, like, are you kidding? What are you doing? That's not okay. That's not okay at all. Um, so yeah, I, 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 wow. I don't understand. I don't understand. How can you talk about her nose? You gave her that nose. You know what I mean? How dare you? I, oh, Jesus Lord. I, I, I feel so bad for her. And these are clearly things that she's carrying into her adult life because of those things. And that's absolutely horrible. And I feel horrible for her. Like I said, fuck her mother, fuck her dad. Like, that's not okay. Hey, come on. Oh, anyway. She then kind of says that, you know, Jovi was a beauty, was in beauty pageants. Oh, well, <laughs> Miss Gwen, you failed to mention this. He was in beauty pageants, and she says because of this, like, he doesn't have any insecurities. He's confident in himself. I don't know how confident he is if he has to drink the way he does or go to strip clubs the way that he does. There's definitely some sort of insecurity there. But anyway, um, but yeah, she says that he's confident in himself. 
Um, and he won these beauty pageants, apparently. Oh my God. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so we definitely learned something about Jovi. Um, <laughs> anyway, Molly says that, I know it's hard, but you're so beautiful. And she just needs to believe. I think, I think you're on therapy, personally. She's not going to overcome those insecurities and those deep-rooted things because those things came from her parents. Fuck when they have come from other people. It came from her parents. So imagine if it did come from other people and then she also got it from her parents. Those things are deep-rooted. She's, they're not going to go away. I know she will probably know not to do that with Myla because she knows how it makes her feel. So that's great, but it, oh man, I feel bad for her. Anyway, and walks Kalani, and she also looks great. I just didn't particularly like the wrap. I didn't like it. Um, I don't think I'd like that on anybody. <laughs> personally. It had nothing to do with Kalani and how it looked on her. I just, I didn't, I didn't like it. I didn't like it. Anyway. Um, maybe it's the color. Maybe it's the color. Anyway. And I, and I love red. I love the color red. It's my favorite color. I'm a Taurus. Take that as you may. But I, I don't like it. Anyway. Um, so Yara's going to be going next. And of course, when she comes out, her body looked incredible in it. She looks incredible in it. Like, oh, she's a beautiful woman. And I hate that she feels that way. Oh. Um, and uh, Angela also comes in. That's all I'm going to say, guys. I, I, don't, um, I didn't like what she was wearing. I didn't think it complimented her very well. Um, I, I don't know. I don't like it. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I think, I, th I mean, she has lost a lot of weight, yes, but I think she still has some sagging skin. Um, I think the pink one, I think she needed something more darker. Didn't necessarily need to be black, but it could have been black or dark blue or even like a dark green. I think like that would have looked better on her. Or maybe even, maybe not a dark, maybe a dark red. Maybe you could have gotten away with like a dark red um, as well. But like, I think it needed to be a darker color for her. I think it would have been just perfect. Um, but I mean, we've seen her in lingerie before. And I, and I always thought she looked fine in it. I didn't like this. So anyway, I, I, I yeah, no, didn't like it. Anyway. I did also write, like, the top of it, how her made her boobs look. She looked fucking great, but, yeah, that's why I said maybe it was the color. Um, but anyway. And then we see Angela jumping Kalani, so that's kind of that. With that, the women are done, the men are done, all is great in the world. Do you want to spice up your love life? Well, you can make that happen by going to love shop where you can get sorts of different things whether it's for both you and your partner 
or just for yourself. For solo play, you can get things, all types of vibrators, maybe more kinky type toys, or you can just buy what every person may need, like lingerie or protection, or even just something to make it a little more fun, like games or novelty things. You can do all of this by going to Love Shop, and you can use our unique coupon code, REALITYT2, to get 10% on anything your hearts desire. So that's loveshop.ca, L-O-V-E-S-H-O-P dot C-A, and use our unique coupon code, REALITY2, that's R-E-A-L-I-T-E-A, and the number 2. Everyone is going to be going to have some breakfast. Kelly says that, you know, this is the first time in a while. He feels like him and Molly are getting along. That's that's great. It's going to be short-lived, but it's great. Um, we see Comey and Kalani are talking, and she says that she feels like she's friends with Oswalu. So Oswalu, her husband, has been friend-zoned. She says she has shut that part of herself off to him. The love part of it has been shut off to him. But she feels good that they can be friends. But it's it's going to be hard for anything else because, um, you know, the part the, the infidel, his infidelity. Um, she hasn't fully dealt with and that's that's part of the problem we find out that Liz is hungover so she's not going to be at breakfast but we will see her later on at the therapy we are kind of talking about the past life regression um, and that experience with we all know who um and Angela kind of says, well, my past life, I found out I was Italian. That's it? That's all I found out? <laughs> okay. I think I could have easily been Italian in a past life, though. You've no clue how much I love Italian food. It's, like, everything Italian. I could live on Italian. If I, if, if I could, I would. I really would. And I'd be so happy. That's even talking about my own food, and I love my food too. But something about Italian, it's just comfort for me. I think that's maybe it. I love it. I easily could have been Italian. Anyway, moving on. Um, Jovi then says here, you know, we kind of see him talking to, and Ed is not in this conversation. I have to preface this. But we hear Jovi kind of say, listen, if we go back out, um, again, you know, Ed, and Ed does come, he has rules that he has to follow. And those rules are that he cannot be the center of attention and no name calling. Molly says, good luck. That's what, okay. So this conversation happened between Jovi, Kelly, Molly. Okay. That's it. Because they're on different tables. 
Apparently, Ed has recently learned what a taint is. You just now found out what a taint is and you have one? Okay. Oh, um, Angela didn't know um, either, but she says that she wanted to lick Michael's butthole, but he told her no. Um, mm, listen, um, I've been asked that before in my past and I've said no. I, and, and, and I'm not, not saying that my boyfriend's one of those people because I don't believe he was one of those people, but not that it matters. <laughs> you don't know who he is, but yeah, I, I love him so much. So, 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 so much. And I, I'll go down on him. I don't care. I love to do it. I won't go down like that. <laughs> I just won't. Um, so it's interesting to see, like, but I'm also not surprised that, you know, Michael said no, because that's weird to him. I, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. Um, he, he basically said, Michael said that it was just too freaky for him. Oh, let me preface. Michael is here on his stick. So, um, yeah, he said it's too freaky for him. Kalani then says, okay, let's ask everyone if you have either licked or been licked. So we're going to go around the table. She goes first and she says, I have not licked and I have not been licked, but someone did ask if he could lick mine, but I declined. And she says, thank you very much. And she says, thank you to Oswalu. So Oswalu was the one who said that he wanted to. Um, Angela says that she has not licked, but she has been licked. And she says that it does feel gross. Um, thank you for solidifying the reason as to why I will never be licked. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I've, I've never really been asked. I have literally, like, these are things like I will talk about with my, with my boyfriend. Um, we'll talk about stupid things like this. And I've literally told a guy, no, thank you. Like I've literally said no. Like I've had people say, "Oh, I would do it." No, thank you. I'm so good. Thank you so much, but no. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. <laughs> so yeah, no, no thanks. Um. So anyway, Ed says that he's licked and has been licked. Oh, so he goes this a little further than what Angela did. And says it's chalky, but they enjoy it. Ugh. Ew. I didn't need to know it. Thank you. Um. Anyway, so Connie then asks, um, asks him to demonstrate on this flower that just randomly showed up, um, to see like what he does, and he does it. He literally does it, and it's disgusting. It's disgusting. It was the noises for me, thank you. Um, but Oswalu then throws up immediately as he starts doing it. <laughs> this man caused him to throw up. My God. He um, it says, I have 
Asuelu says, sorry, that he has pictured doing it with Kalani. Um, but then I saw Ed do it. And I couldn't hold it in. I had to throw up. <laughs> uh, it's funny. Um, Kalani, she, and we see the domino effect. She's about to throw up. Um, which then makes Angela want to throw up. Michael's there like, oh God. And yeah. And then Ed is like, all I did was like a butthole. <laughs> and everyone is throwing up. <laughs> oh, fuck. And the thing is, it's like, he didn't actually lick a butthole. He licked a flower, pretending it's a butthole. So this was fucking hilarious. This was so funny. Uh, disgustingly funny, but it was funny. Um, and then because Ed like said this out loud to everybody, everyone heard this. So then Kelly, <laughs> Kelly looks like, you know, he's about to throw up as well. <laughs> wow. Um, and then we see the absolute impossible happen. Ed comes over to Kelly and apologizes for his behavior. Mm. Wow. Wow. He says, I will work on not talking over people as well. Who is this person? I was in shock and I said, that is very grown up of you, Ed. Thank you. I I would like to see it. Um, Yeah, I was very shocked to, to see, to see this. Um, So now everyone's going to just go, after they finish their breakfast, they're going to go get ready for therapy. So now we're at therapy and Dr. Eva, she is here and we see beds. And on one of the beds, there is a blow-up doll for Angela. Her blow-up doll has a huge fucking erection, huge erection, just Huge. Probably is similar to Michael. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I need a little more girth, but anyway, let's move on. Um, she does say it's the wrong color, but it's fine. Because the I guess the blow-up doll was also white. Um, I don't know if there is equality within blow-up dolls. I don't know. Anyway. Um so we have um, someone here by the name of, okay, so her name is spelled Simone, but it's not said Simone. It's Simone, I think, is how you pronounced her name. Um, she's here and she's going to be doing the Karma Sutra therapy. Fun. I, I actually took some notes later on, so we'll get to it. Um, everyone, once they're on the beds, has to say something that they love about the other. However, Molly and Kelly are struggling with this particular question. And I mean, by the looks of things, it looks like this was the first fucking question, but 
anyway, what can you do? Right. Molly says that she's not ready to open up. Um, but she then kind of says that, listen, I'm not in love with you and you're not in love with me. She spoke for Kelly here. He then asked the question that I actually asked myself while watching this scene. Why are we here? Well, according to a particular person that um, I didn't really want to put in the beginning of the episode, I'll put it here. Just a quick little hot goss here that I can go through pretty quickly without actually looking at it. Of course, we already know that um, Colton, Vanessa were supposed to be on this show and they weren't on the show. Um, And she says that Kelly and Molly were their replacement. I don't know how she particularly knows this. If according to the couples, they didn't know who was going to be on the show. So how does she know that Kelly and Molly were their replacement? I feel like Vanessa's kind of piggybacking on the, on everybody else saying that Kelly and Molly was probably their replacement. Um, so I found that a little weird that she knows that for sure. But anyway, that's why they're here. They needed to replace Colt and Larissa. I'm sorry, God. Colt and Vanessa. Sorry, they both end in A. Leave me alone. Um, anyway, he asks, do we have to do this? We can just go. He's very defeated here. And then he basically says, I can't do this. I gotta go. And he's clearly crying. He gets up and he leaves. Um, meanwhile, Jovi and Yara are having a great time. <laughs> we see everyone kind of asking Molly, like, where is he going? Is he coming back? Does something happen? Um, at one point, she kind of just says to Kalani, this is a lot deeper, you know, so she doesn't really answer the question, which is fine as her right. Um, we're kind of back with him, and he says he can't just be there. Um, he says he doesn't feel good about it. And then we kind of see Molly's crying now, kind of going back and forth between the two. But then she, again, we see another example of playing somatics here. She says that I didn't tell him that I didn't love him. I said I wasn't in love with him and that there is a difference. And she says that I'll always have love for him. Well, to piggyback on her saying that there is a difference, yes, Molly, there is a difference. I love my ex-husband. I always will love him. And I've, I've said this before. I will, I will beat a bitch. I will beat anyone who hurts him because he deserves to be happy. Um, and him not being happy makes me feel sad, but I have love for him. I'm not in love with him. There's a difference. And I can't speak for him and how he feels. Um, But I do know he loves me. I can at least say that. I can't speak on anything else. But, you know, there is a huge difference. Now, I love my boyfriend, but I'm also in love with him. That's where the romantic feeling is, right? That's the, the the feeling of, I want to start a family with this person. I want to marry this person in the future. I want to um, live with this person every day and 
you know, you see the nastiness of that person and you still want to be with that person and love that person. Um, I, I, I want to have sex with this person. That's where the, 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 the romance lies is when you are in love with a person. And that's the part that's gone for her, but that's the part that's not gone for him. And when you say that to a person that I'm not in love with you, that that person is in love with you, that's a gut punch. If I, I know, and I'm not going to use my boyfriend as the example of this, but I know when I told my ex-husband that I wasn't in love with him anymore, I know that hurt him when that eventually, you know, and me saying that I wasn't in love with him, that happened after the divorce process has started. I divorced him for other reasons. And the fact that I wasn't in love with him wasn't it. But, you know, once I got to that point where I could say like, listen, I do love you, but the romance that made me in love with you, it's gone. And I know that hurt him. I know it did. And that's something we had to work through. And we did work through it. I would like to think we did anyways. But yeah, you know, there is a difference. That is the problem. And that is why Kelly is upset. Because he's still in love with her. And to hear she's not in love with him. it's, It's a gut punch. And he's thinking, why am I here? What am I fighting for? If I'm not fighting for my relationship, that clearly there isn't one. That's what, that's what he's thinking. So I didn't feel for him here. And I felt like Karma Sutradis wasn't the time to say that I'm not in love with you, you know? Anyway. We then see um, Dr. Riva. She's going to go talk to Kelly. He tells her, you know, what Molly said to him. And we've asked, like, are you in love with her? And he says, I love her, but I'm not going to force her. And all I can think of is that song. I can't make you love me if you don't. I can't make your heart feel something. That's literally what I was thinking in this moment. I was like, if a song was not so fitting, (laughs) there is not a song that is more fitting than this moment right here, right now. Um, anyway, so he says, listen, I'm out, you know, because of that, I'm, I'm out. And then we see like, I'm not sure exactly where Butch was for first here, but Reva comes to talk to Molly and she says, I feel very alone. And Reva says, I want you to, and I thought this was very good advice, I think for, for Molly, um, in this particular moment. She says, I just want you to center you. I want you to come back to Molly, whatever that may be, right? And then Molly gets up and she leaves. And she says that the only thing she hopes for is that they just don't hurt each other anymore. And she's very emotional here. She's crying and, um, and she says, it's a no, I'm done. So we'll see what happens with that. 
So we're back with Karma Sutra. And there's where I took notes. I will be, um, I will be taking this back to my, to my relationship as well. I, I've never been one to be big with the Karma Sutra. I was always under the impression that the Karma Sutra was just like impossible to achieve and what, not the things that I just saw. Anyways, um, so we see different positions. Um, we first see the lotus. Um, which is basically just like facing each other, um, which is a little, not quite missionary, but you know, a little, little, little spice to it, I guess. Um, and I wrote, I would try that. <laughs> Next we see flowers in bloom. Now I would definitely try that. That looked fun, which again, just look like a different take on missionary, but a little different, a little flower in the mix. Um, but yes. And then we kind of see like, cause again, they weren't really consistent of telling us like the different positions, um, after that, the last one there, but at one point I'm not sure exactly what position they were doing, but then we see kind of like Anna Liz doing 69 instead, um, which is also a pretty fun position as well. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> don't think that's part of Karma's Ritual, though, but anyway. Kalani feels very uncomfortable, though, with being this close with Australia because she hasn't been this close with him before. So she's, she's, and it, like, and that's before, clearly not before, but she hasn't been this close with him in a while. Um, anyway, class is over. That's the end of it. I hope the couples learned something. Anyway. So now we're with Kalani and Oswalu, and they're kind of doing individual therapy here. Dr. Jason uh, is going to be who they're speaking with. Kalani felt that she was kind of just hanging out with her best friend during Karma Sutra. Not what you want to hear. <laughs> um, she says that she feels grossed out by his penis. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I feel like I can never really say that I ever felt grossed out by someone's penis. Um, ever. <laughs> Even when I know, like, I'm not the only one or they've cheated or whatever. Um, I still never felt grossed out by someone's penis before. I think I got fairly close to that with my ex-husband under those circumstances, which I'm not going to go too deep into that. I think he also listens to this podcast now, so I'm sorry. <laughs> but um yeah, I I never really got grossed out by it. Like I said, I got close. But how do you come back from that? How do you come back from being completely grossed out by someone's penis and this is your husband or like the person you're supposed to be with or like whatever, you know what I mean? Like Jesus Christ. Anyway, um, Aswalu definitely takes the personal. No shit. I feel like any person would take that personal. Um, but he says he will work on it. He he will do his best to work on it. Good luck. But Kalani says that she um blocked off love towards him because 
she feels scared to be hurt again. And Kalani clearly hasn't fully processed him cheating. Kalani thinks that he is a good guy because Osweiler feels like maybe I'm a bad guy. And I've seen this before. Again, I'm using the example of my ex here, but he felt the same way that he was a bad guy for um, cheating on me, um, hurting me in the way that he did um, as well. But I told him the same thing. You're not a bad guy. You're a very good guy. It's just, you made mistakes. You made bad mistakes, made bad choices. That's basically what Kalani says to him here too. Um, then he asks, what is it going to take for you to forgive me? She doesn't know. And she's just like, she's in a weird place with feeling like, just feeling like friends at this point. Um, and she says like, she hasn't been there before. So because she hasn't been in the place of feeling like friends with him, she doesn't know how to reverse that. Flip it, flip reverse. Okay. And she says when it comes to sex, that she doesn't even think about it when it comes to Oswalu. No, she doesn't. She only thinks about all that guy. Um, he it says that he wants to feel like there is hope. So I guess for Osvaldo, he doesn't feel like there is hope. Dr. Jason says, you know, being friends, it's it's a good thing. It's a good starting point. It's a good place to be. Um, and then he says, you know, that infidelity, and again, before I even go deep into what he says here, I haven't heard anything more true in my life, but he says that infidelity is a huge thing to overcome. Amen. It is a huge thing to overcome. But he says that when it, you know, it can be overcome. And for couples who do overcome it, it does make them stronger. Again, I agree with that. I definitely agree with that. I think the biggest thing when it comes in, in what I've experienced, the differences that I've experienced um, with my ex, with my current, the differences here is that when you are deciding to do better and work on the relationship and overcome infidelity, the biggest thing here is you have to be completely upfront with everything. I have to know everything. If I don't know everything and I find out things later on, all it's going to do is just damage things. But then when you are dealing with another person who has cheated, has had those those situations and you overcome those situations because everything is on the table. Everything is there. There's nothing I don't know so that I don't get any surprises later on, which will just bring me right back to, the, to those moments and make me regret taking the chance to make it work. And I think Kalani is more on the first option here, the first issues here that I mentioned, um, because we're going to get a little more information from her in just a little bit. Um, Dr. Jason also says that when it comes to overcoming it, though, it is on her, um, and he thinks that a lot of work needs to be done. 
He then says, listen, let's just focus on the forgiveness. Let's not focus on on the intimacy because you guys aren't there. So let's focus on, on forgiveness. Kalani says that, um, you know, he says, um, Dr. Jason says that I need time um, to forgive. But she says, I've had a lot of time. She says, I've had years of time. And I still don't forgive him for what he did in the beginning. So remember here when we saw this last week um, for the coming up on, um, or the next time on, I should say, I said, listen, if I'm going to hear about how he, you know, quote unquote cheated when you guys were on a break, I'm going to lose it. That's not quite what we found out here. So producers then ask her, what did he do in the beginning? So basically to sum up what she says, she says that in the beginning, um, he, he's been cheating on her. She says he would cheat when they were dating. He would cheat when she was pregnant. He cheated three years into their marriage. And now he's cheating. So he's been constantly cheating on her. And she says, how do you forgive someone who keeps doing the same thing that he said he basically wouldn't do, that he's apologized for, he just keeps doing it? I don't know how this man's still alive, because I feel like Lo would have killed him. <laughs> but, hey. Um, she says that she stayed with him because she was pregnant. I feel like she could have, I feel like she has such a support system surrounding her. She has her mom, her dad, her brother, her sister. She could have left Asvelu there. You could have videoed him, let him see his son, traveled with him, whatever, so he could have seen his son. You didn't need to marry him. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have married him if I knew all of that. Anyway, she also says here that um, she also did it because she thought that they would have been together forever. And that's just not what happened. She didn't want this to happen. She's very emotional here. She's crying. We kind of see her rocking back and forth, which just made me feel even more for her. Um, that she is just like, you can just tell, like, she's just in this place. So I'm watching this, I'm just kind of like, okay, did I agree with the whole past guy situation? No, I don't think that was the way to go. However, I think she's now starting to see what real relationship could look like, what real love could look like what someone respecting her could look like. So I think because she's starting to see that, it's really hard to go back. And I know exactly how that feels. Exactly how that feels. It's really hard to go back when you find someone who shows you what life can really look like. And that 
looks so much better than what you're currently living in. I 100% understand it. And I understand why she can't go back. So, but yeah, that is it for this episode of The Last Resort. So we didn't get a next time on, but we did get a this season on, which is, they say the guy is going to the strip club. Oh boy. We also question, has the relationship with Molly and Kelly run its course? We do see another scene with Australia apparently trying to contact Kalani and he's having no success and he can feel that something is wrong. Something is off with Kalani. And then we find out from her that the hall pass guy is in Florida. Ooh, yeah. And then we see Yara is upset about the strip club situation. What else is new? Not the first time we've seen her get upset over that. But that is it for this week's episode of The Last Resort. So now we're going to be going into the Sister Wives conversation. Ladisha is back. So you'll get both of our perspectives here on the last episode of Sister Wives, which again was a week ago, but it's going to refresh you for for next week, for this, well, tomorrow, (laughs) for tomorrow's episode, because I'm recording this on a Saturday. So yeah. So that starts right now. I don't understand why Janelle is so hell-bent on staying in Flagstaff if she really, truly, like, she makes the comments of, well, you know, if Savannah wasn't still in school, then I would move to Utah or whatever. So I don't, I don't really understand what is holding her there. Just... He's made it very clear he doesn't want to stay in the relationship with her. I don't, I don't know. I mean, we do see a conversation is going to happen between the two of them next week um, about where they're at. And she firmly puts a foot down and that's great. She should bolt the hell out of there. And I don't understand, like, financially speaking, she is kind of tied to this person and this family. But it's just like, Christine did it. I don't know Christine wanted to move to Utah, so I get it. But Christine did it. I'm sure to some degree she was tied with the family financially as well, but she still, she did it. She did that fresh start. She needed the fresh start. And I think Janelle and Savannah need that fresh start and yeah we are like christine says like you see the pattern happening again of him like being neglectful to janelle and her kids same way that we kind of saw with christine and her kids but yeah he's the only person he's really concerned for and is worried for is um 
is truly because she's younger. But it's just like, sir, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why she's hell-bent on being there. If any, he's just hurting everybody more. And like Janelle says, like, you spent time with McKelty, truly, Isabel, yet you couldn't buy a gift for Savannah. You couldn't do that. You bought these, like, bikes or whatever for Robin's kids that probably cost an easy pen, like, easily, let's say, minimum of $500 a piece. But you couldn't get a gift for Savannah, your biological daughter. Like, let's make that make sense, sir. Make that make sense. Um, and yeah, so kind of where I'm at so far with them. And then the conversation with Mary and Robin, I feel like Robin just has to stick it to everybody just a little more because yeah, Mary had no clue Isabel was there. How would she know Isabel was there? Um, because Isabel doesn't live in Utah. She doesn't live in Flagstaff. She lives with Maddie. So how would she have known that Isabel is there? And no one else talks to her in the family. Christine doesn't talk to her. Janelle doesn't really talk to her, I guess. Um, Cody doesn't talk to her. So you're the only other person who talks to her, Robin. So why couldn't you, you know, no, I don't know if she necessarily wanted to be there, but I think Mary kind of takes the stance of why is she telling me this? Like, this is, it's hurtful. Like, why is she telling me this? Because she wants to hurt you. Because you're the last person who's hanging on for what we don't know. And you're the last person that's hanging on. So let me get rid of you too. And then on the day, that's what she wants. She's getting exactly what she wants. And yeah. And, um, like Robin talks about, oh, we don't communicate. Of course not. Thanks, Cody, because you he, he's the one that doesn't communicate with anybody. So nobody else wants to communicate with anybody. And we do get like a little more on the situation between um this text exchange situation with the gifts with the kids and Robin wants to play woe is me with the whole situation saying, you know, I think he could have fixed this with boys so that we could have had Christmas together. You're the reason it didn't happen. Someone, I think it was Peyton, I can't remember who, but somebody extended an olive branch. And now it's not happening because of you. Because you and Cody apparently decided you didn't feel safe anymore. So that's why it didn't happen. So then if you don't feel safe anymore, why are they going to do Christmas with you? Why? Like, she doesn't hear the shit comes out of her mouth. She doesn't. And then, because I know we had this conversation yesterday, not going to say to why, but we had this conversation yesterday. He made the comment of, 
Well, I have a phone. The kids could call me too. So I'm going to say what I said then. You're the parent. The parent calls, you know, not you're the adult in a sense. Yes, maybe you have adult children, but you're, in the end of the day, you're the adult here because those are still your kids. And, you know, you need to extend the olive branch first because you're their father. This whole thing with, like, Janelle wanting to hold on and stuff because her life's there. I'm like, but why do you want to stay there? And, and then the other part of it also is kind of like with Cody kind of saying how, oh, I spent my time equally among all of my wives, but I did this test with Christine um, when we were in Vegas to see if I spent 25 days out of the month with her, you know, would she be happy? Well, she was happy. So, you know, and Christine, under the impression of, okay, maybe he'll just balance his time out now. That's not what happened. Um, but Robin complaining about it, though, kind of being like, because when Mary was saying how he spent a lot of his time with Christine in the beginning, clearly he has a thing with new wives. He spends more time with them. Okay. And, um, yeah, he would spend more time with Christine and whatever, and it would cause an issue because he wasn't spending as much time with her. He, she doesn't know what she was, what he was doing with Janelle, but she's talking about her experience. Then tell me why Robin has to make it about her. Well, I have a secret too. Well, you know, we were in Vegas. He wasn't coming around and I started tracking. Okay, but this is not about you. It's not about what your experience is because you don't have a leg to stand on in comparison to everybody else. Everybody else's experience is not like your experience. So I don't understand where she's getting this from. And then the, on the other hand, though, what I will say is they felt like he was spending more time at Robert's house. I don't know to what he was doing when he was there. He claims it was working because she had the office space for him. But then that that's the thing. If that is true and she had the office space, but nobody else did, well, then maybe the way to solve that issue would have been to give him office space. But at the same time, it is what it is. And um, yeah, I don't understand all of all of all of that. Why she had to make it a comparison type situation. Well, you know, <laughs> what? Okay, so this episode of Sister Wives was a lot um, to take in really and truly. Um, It's crazy to me. One, I will speak on Mary first. I really don't like how Mary has been treated. Like, I understand she did, you know, some nonsense in the past and whatever the case may be. And she was holding on and holding on and holding on. But, you know... It's just like, I don't understand how people can treat her 
this way. Like, I understand that, you know, shit happens in, in a marriage or shit happens in life or whatever the case may be, but you don't treat somebody just like that. You don't just, you know, you've lived with this person for years, you know, like you've, you've know this, like you guys all have children together and this and that and the third, but it's just like, what, like, why? Like, you don't need to just, you know, cut her off just like that and don't speak to her. She's still a person at the end of the day, a person that you all spent years with, you know, and with Robin telling her that, oh, McKelty's here and, you know, you can just see the pain in Mary's eyes. You can literally see the pain in Mary's eyes when she is having her one-on-one conversation sit-downs. You can see it in her. It's just like, she's tired and she's drained. And yeah, she was still holding on for dear life to, you know, to have somewhat hope. But like, you're the only one that talks to her. So how would she know anything if you don't even speak to her or tell her certain things beforehand? I can't stand the way how Cody just, you know, treats her like she's a piece of garbage. Like, I I, I like, even like, you know, Janelle and Christine can be cordial with her and say, hi, how are you? How's it going? But not to have one word or say anything to her. I can only imagine the hurt that she's feeling. But I don't think they're thinking it that way. They're just thinking about their own selfish ways. Now, when it comes to Robin, you know, saying that, oh, I have a secret too. And I was, you know, tracking how much time was spent and this and that and the third. Bitch, it's not about you. Listen to what the other person is saying without putting yourself in the same position. This is how Mary feels. Let Mary explain to you how she feels. No one asks you for your two cents and how you feel. We all know how you feel. We all know it. But stop it. Just stop. Like it, it's the it's it's the most fucked up and messed up thing that that Robin is doing to Mary. And it's like she's digging and digging and digging just to continue to hurt her even more. That's all she's doing. The fact that Cody can sit down there and buy all these bikes, you know, for Robin's kids and so forth and whatnot, but you forget about your biological child. You can't buy a gift for your biological child. You're going to sit down there and say that, oh, well, we didn't get to spend Christmas with her, but, you know, it's going to be later. You know, she'll have something later. It's, it's seriously? Really? You're going to sit down there and talk about the phone works both ways? No, I'm sorry. You are the parent. Your child should not be running after you. That That's a big fucking red flag to me because the, the, the child didn't have you. You made this child. And the fact that you haven't spoken to her since her birthday but you're going to sit on your one-on-one and talk about oh oh the phone wor- the phone works both ways you nasty bastard how dare you sit down there and say that oh the phone works both ways you're a disgusting piece of garbage disgusting because you're a father be a father you pick up the phone and call your child and see how she's doing not the other way around 
the hell's wrong with you? Disgusting. Honestly, when I don't really have much to say about Janelle or Christine, um, because it was a lot of back and forth with them. But what I will say is that um, Christine, no, Janelle, Janelle, sorry. Janelle can leave Flagstaff. She has no ties there. It doesn't matter if your daughter's in school or not. People move schools. People move all the time. You know, you're, this person sat there and disrespected you, had a big fallout, doesn't give two cahoots about you. But my thing is that she loves him. She loves Cody more than she loves herself to why she's still staying in Flagstaff. If she if she loved herself more than she loved Cody, she would have been just like Christine and packed up and left. Doesn't matter if you're financially tied into it or not. You can go. You don't know woman or man in a relationship deserves that kind of treatment. Cody did the wrong thing by not spending his time equally. Because I remember telling you as well that I watched the last episode of the new season and then I went back to the first season and watched that first episode. And he talked about that he has to spend time with each wife because if he doesn't, like equal amount of time, because if he doesn't spend the equal amount of time with each wife, one is going to have an argument or they're both going to feel, or they're all three of them are going to feel a way that, oh, you're spending time more with this one or you're spending less time with me and you're spending time over here. And, you know, he divided his time perfectly fine when he had the three wives. He he did that. He had a routine. He had it going. Everything was perfectly fine. But then when Miss Little Princess here came into the picture, he was all about it. All about it. Just more time with her. Just every single time was with her. And obviously, yes, the wives knew. They can see it. They're not blind. Yes, you may want to spend a little bit more time with your newly wife and this and that and the third. Okay, cool, fine. But don't forget that you have three other wives that came before her. You don't just forget about your three wives just to go with Miss Princess over here. And in his eyes, Robin can do no wrong. Oh, be nice to Robin. Treat Robin nicely. Be nice to this. Be nice to that. She's not, she's like, you treat her like a little fucking princess. If it, if it, every little situation has to do with Robin, treat Robin like this, treat Robin this way, be nice to her. Robin, 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 Robin. And then Robin is just like, oh, my kids, my kids, my kids, bitch. Cody has more than your kids. He has Christine's kids, Mary's child, Janelle's children. And your children. Fuck your kids, bro. He has all of these kids to worry about. And all of his adult children don't have a relationship with him. Maybe one or two or three are mutual. 
but the rest of them don't give two shits to have any type of relationship or conversation with him. And in his mind, if he thinks that that's okay, he's sick in his brain cells. Like, I just, I don't, I don't get it. Like, and and going back to, you know, the time management, he complained about, you know, the wives are going to get upset, this, that, and the third. And now look, your wives are complaining in this, in season 17 that all your time was spent with Robin. Because you couldn't keep up with all of it. It's like you want to blame everybody else but yourself for what you've caused in your marriages and in your situations. And then Robin's like, oh, I want to know when my family just blew up. Bitch, it blew up when you came. It blew up when you came along and Cody stopped spending the quality time that he did with his three other wives with you. All of his time was with you. Because you have a fucking office in your house means that Cody has to stay there with you morning, noon, and night. That's not fair. That's It's not fair. I'm pretty sure if, you know, if the other wives had an office space, why couldn't he work in the bedroom? Why couldn't he work in the bedroom? Why couldn't he have a desk in the bedroom? At, at, at Christine's house or at Janelle's house? You know, have a little office there. You can close a door. You're in a, you're, you may be in a quiet space, but I guess that wasn't an option or that wasn't good enough for you, maybe. But because Robin had a whole office in her house, you're just going to stay at Robin's house. Like, what? How does that make sense? Make it make sense. Your wives are telling you that they want to spend your t- time with you. Give me a fucking break. I don't, I just, I don't know. I just find it very, uh, (sighs) I don't know. I'm happy that Janelle is going to, you know, open up her mouth and say that she wants to be separated in the next, in the next part. But it's just like, you know, it took you long enough. You took all of that disrespect, all of that hatred, all of that you know, poor communication, all of that nonsense you took from him. Just, you know, just, oh boy, that's my two cents on this one. The whole thing about Robin talking about her kids. Oh, you know, during the time when he was with Christine in Vegas, like my kids complained that they didn't have time. Here's what I'm going to say, Robin, kind of to piggyback on what you said. gives a shit. I understand that maybe they need to bond with him because he is your husband and whatever, but for most of Vegas, they didn't have their own kids yet. Um, I think Solomon was first, but they didn't have him right away, obviously. So she only had her three biological kids, not biological to him. So are you trying to say that he should spend more time with your biological children over his own? And I'm not saying to take away from the fact that he should be bonding with your children, but he, 
I know I would feel a certain way if I knew my parent was spending more time with children that weren't theirs. You know, so that bugged me. And, um, and then the whole thing with, yeah, with Janelle, I agree with you with, you know, she doesn't need to stay there. Children move schools all the time. Unless she's in her last year of school, then I can understand this leaving her where she is. Um, but there is nothing holding her there. And I agree, I think she is still in love with him, but it kind of also just contradicts what we're what we're about to see. You know? Like, I don't know. I'm confused. But it's not to say that their marriage was perfect pre-Robin, because I don't think it was. Um, but I think that there definitely was favoritism still happening, just in a different way, though, because they had been together for years at that point, all three of them, and whatever. But from what I understand from them saying, like, it wasn't always perfect. He didn't always spend his time equally among everybody. But I, I, I don't know. I, I do agree. That was the other thing I wanted to say too. When she said, I just want an answer as to what blew up my Mary or blew up my life or whatever. And you, like me, my mom said the same thing. I'm sure the whole world said the same thing. Bitch, you, you're the reason it blew up. And also what I really liked that I don't think I talked about was Christine saying about Robin that even if she wanted to be my friend, I would have said no anyways, because I don't trust her. And um, I get it, because if you're going to say it in my face, he isn't spending as much time with me as you think he is, but I damn well know he is, well then, I don't trust you. I think it's manipulative. And I also think it's manipulative with the whole office situation too, is the fact that like, why is it that the other three didn't have office space for him, especially Mary, who had this big house, um, her daughter now son is the only other child in the home so she has all of the space so why couldn't he get space there i can maybe understand a little more with christine and janelle because they have more children than both robin and mary at that time so but why like you said bedroom i think my ass and my office at home is my dining room table. You couldn't sit at the dining room table. And I understand that kids can be that and everything, but then you still have these three kids. One is autistic, and sometimes they can get rowdy. You know? So, like, I don't quite understand. I think it all just comes down to manipulation on Robin's part, on his part, and you have these children of hers that are just under the spell because of whatever it could be because they just want to make him happy, right? 
And I think that's a lot more deep-rooted. I think it has to do with the fact that their dad kind of abandoned them. So they want to hold on to this one, make him happy, which that is a whole other situation that maybe needs to be fixed. You know what I mean? Um, and then the other thing that I will quickly talk about too when it comes to Mary, I think there is a lot of tension with Mary right now with everything that's kind of come out about Mary and how she treated the children, how she treated the other wives. It seems that she was a little more on the mean side of things. And I think a lot of things are coming forward now from the children about how she treated them. I think she had been abusive in some instances. So I think that's part of the problem. Um, that, um, she doesn't have this relationship with the older children. Same way that maybe Janelle or Christine would. So I think that's part of the problem. Why they treat Mary the way they do, especially the children. However, that ended, I think, years before. I'm sure there's things that we don't know that happened even during airing of the series, but like, I don't know exactly when that started, when that stopped, if it even stopped. I don't know. But the main reason that Cody treats her the way she does, the way he does, is because of the whole catfishing situation, which, again, he has no empathy no sympathy and it's just like okay well can you look in the bigger picture maybe see why she did that maybe work with her see what can be fixed but instead no what you just do is you just cut her off which is why i want her to save herself at this point hearing her talk the way she does in her interviews when she's like i'm sure no one cares if i leave oh i'm sure don't people don't notice if i'm leaving around that's depression and she's sitting in it for what for this piece of shit like he doesn't care he doesn't care about her so you're just sitting in depression for this person who isn't willing to work with you and sees you as a friend, sees your relationship as amicable. That's what he sees. Also, do we know the stuff they say amicable wrong? It's just me. <laughs> but like, that's what, that's what it is. So like, I don't know. I don't know why she sits in this, but I worry about her mental health. So I'm happy that she finally, as we will see, leaves and says enough's enough i'm not getting anywhere with him i'm gonna go live my life at my b&b and that's that and be hopefully she is mentally healthy and then she's also dealing with all of this post her mother's death like of course she hangs on because this is the only family she has in the grand scheme of things like, pretty sure her sister passed prior to the filming of the show. Like, she doesn't really have a lot of family, I feel, or people that she has around her that care for her in that way. She doesn't have that. So I, I want her to be just 
not just happy, but just mentally in a place where she's comfortable in living her life, not worrying about any other people. Fuck Robin. She's not helping you. All he's doing is hurting you more. Fuck Cody. He's not doing shit. Like, the one thing that I will agree here, I think Christine said it was, he doesn't look out for her. And no, he doesn't. He doesn't give a shit. He's the kind of person who doesn't give a shit while she's alive, but if she were to die today, he would cry about it. That's the kind of person he is. Fuck your tears. You know what I mean? But anyway, that's it. So if you like what you heard, please share reality tea times two with everyone in your life. That's going to help with our growth. And we really want to grow this podcast. Another way you can grow it is by also rating and reviewing us on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. The links to those podcasts, links to the Spotify and Apple Podcasts, will be in the show notes. Also, you can find us on any of your favorite podcast apps, but if there is an app that you don't see us on, that you want to see us on, please let me know and I can get that up on that podcast app. If you are an avid YouTube user, you can listen to this podcast on YouTube by going to Reality Tea Times 2. If you want to connect with us, you can do so by connecting with us on either Facebook at Reality Tea Times 2 or Instagram and threads at Reality Tea Times 2 Podcast. You can also email us. We would love to hear from you. Also, if you want to guest on the podcast at some point, whether we talk about your favorite show or just get to know each other, you can email us at realitytimes2 at hotmail.com and you can make that request and we can talk and we can figure that out. So you can email us at that email. We have a new website where you can get links to everything. You can get links to our Facebook page, Instagram page, threads, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, everything your heart's desire, as well as we do now have a Discord. So you can you can follow us and talk to us on the Discord app. You can get all of that information at the website. And the website is www.solo.to forward slash reality times two. I also have a new podcast with my friend Mikkel called Next Take Podcast. And you can either listen to us at YouTube at the link that's going to be in the show notes. I believe that is Next Take Podcast. And you can also go to our website there. You can have all the links to all of our social medias, email, everything, our episodes as well will be at the website, which is www.solo.to forward slash next take podcast. All of the information, everything that I have just said will be in our show notes. Well, that's it for now, guys. Thanks. Bye.
have you ever thought of starting your very own podcast? Doing the research, I found something that would have made editing easy and seamless and makes the podcasting experience just that much easier. And I am talking about Ludo. This is a podcast software that I use for our editing of our episodes. It is amazing. It is easy. You're also able to get help from chat, doing chats and getting the information that maybe you just need a little more help with. They also have access to different articles that can also help you that have been just godsends for me. Also with the Ludo, you can create clips, you can do your ads, just like this very one I'm doing right now, and you can create your trailer very seamlessly just by clicks of buttons. You can also use Aludu to publish your episodes just straight from the software. It's so easy. I highly, highly recommend it. You can get access to Aludu by using our unique link, which you can find our show notes just down there at the bottom at the show notes. And you can get access to an easy software.